Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. All of you watching online, good morning. It's so awesome to see you today. Like last week, I was back from holidays, and we had the storm, and we were, I was preaching to an empty crowd, an empty auditorium, and it gave me flashback of the, all the restrictions where we were, uh, were not able to meet together. And here we are today. Beautiful. Just beautiful. You two online, and I know that you're not here, but you're still beautiful. <laughs> When I see faces here, it's so amazing. Uh, God is so good just to see you. Um, I know that uh, Jesus is uh, most beautiful, but you are little, you're, you're behind, you're not too far. Awesome. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're just going to give her this time to the Lord. We'll just present ourselves before him. His Father, Father, you're so amazing, you're so good. I pray that you would have your way in our lives. I think about those watching online those in the overflow, all of us that are here, Father, we want to see you in our lives. We want you to come and move in us like never before. We want to go deep in you. We want to see your will be done in us and through us like, like we've never seen. So, Father, we submit to you. We surrender to you. We say, have your way. Speak to me. Speak to us. We open our hearts to what you want to say. We want to receive your bread. We want to receive what you want to convey to all of us, Lord. So, yeah, have your way in this place, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we are in the series called Simple Faith. I'm going to give you a revelation this morning. Life is not easy. Which, how many of you would agree with me that life is, is not an easy thing, right? It, it, it's not easy, but it's beautiful, right? It's all based on how we respond to the things that um, comes our way. And uh, one of the reality of life is that we go through challenges, and it's not always easy, and there's some obstacles, and so there's some trials, trouble. And it's important to know, like, what do we do when we face, when we are challenged by things that are beyond us, even things that we can't handle. And uh, I think one of the things that we need to grow in is how do we bloom in trials, how do we bloom in things when things are difficult, when things are not according to what we would want? How, how do I become um, fruitful in these times? Because I believe that we're called to be fruitful. We're called to uh, bear uh, witnesses, uh, bear witness of Christ in our lives, no matter the season, no matter what we're going. But I think it's important for us to realize that we need to walk by faith. And to walk by faith, it's not easy, right? It's easy to say, walk by faith, but to walk by faith, it's a challenge. It means that you don't walk according to what you see. It means that you're not walking according to your feelings. You're trusting in God. And to live a life that trusts in God, it's not always easy. And I believe one of the reality when it comes to the Western world, I think we have a problem when it comes to suffering. I think we have a problem when it comes to hardship. We don't know really how to behave. We don't, how, we don't know how to see them. We don't know how to have an interpretation of them. Like, we have to be aware that as um, Canadians, we had, it, we had the, the last 75 years, uh, the most nice, beautiful 75 years in the history of humanity for us, the West, Westerners and, as Canadians. Do we realize that 
in the last 75 years, it's been awesome. You think about the Second World War after that, like, wow, Canada has been blessed. And because of the blessing, well, for sure in these blessings, there's other challenges that comes uh, forth. But the reality is, is in the last 75 years, we've been significantly blessed in so many different ways. And because of that, one of the reality is, how do we deal with suffering? How do we deal with heart, hardship? I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, a guy that I, I mentor in, in Europe, and uh, he lives a few hundred miles or from, uh, from Kiev, and he was saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's, what, will, what will happen. That was on Wednesday, and we know what happened after. And, and uh, he was saying, we, we don't know. We don't know exactly how that would be, uh, what, what will be the, 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 um, the downfall of all this. And he said, pray for us. And then I was talking with Terry Caron that was here uh, preaching here, and he was also involved in GMDS. And I was talking to him. I was uh, FaceTiming on Friday. And he was talking about a FaceTime or Zoom time he had on Thursday with, with a pastor in Kiev and uh, saying that, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, you look at from, have, from being a, a nation that was sovereignly free to possibly be conquered in a, in a fraction of a, a few weeks. It's overwhelming, right? And we were talking about the topic of suffering. How do we handle suffering? How do we go through trials? So it's very important for us to realize that when we go through life, we go through trials. And for us as Canadians, we should know we should know the seasons. We, we should know that when it comes to life, there's different seasons. We, we had a tremendous hot summer, right? Very dry. And then we got hit by winter. Boom, right? And then you go, you, you, you see the first cold snap in January, and you say, okay, we're going to get this out of the way, and we'll be fine after <laughs> cold snap. Never stopped, right? It's like cold, 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 cold. Unreal, right? So, so we're used to seasons. And uh, there's some seasons that are colder than others. And we look at our forefathers. Imagine living in the prairies in, in 1875. It must have been horrible to experience a winter like this in 1875. It must have been unreal. But they prepared their, themselves for the season, right? They knew that winter was coming, and so they store, they prepared their heating, they prepared their food. And, and I, I think it's the same thing with us when it comes to the seasons. There's different seasons in life and we got to prepare ourselves. It would be awesome to say that it's DR temperature all the time, that we're on this in, in the Caribbeans and there's no issues. It would be so amazing to live there with no winter. But they have their issues too. But for us as Canadians, we should know that there's some seasons. So what do we do when winter comes? What do we do when things don't go our way? What do we do when we find crisis, we go through crisis? It's very important to analyze that. It's very important to see, am I, am I capable of dealing with what's before us? And I, and I believe that we struggle with that as Canadians. We don't know exactly how to behave when things are rough and things are not going according to what we want. And it's important for us to, to, to go to the Word and see what the Word has to say. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In what? In me. In me you may have peace. In this world there will be <laughs> trouble, right? We don't like to see that. But take heart. I have overcome the world. 
saying that he rules, that he, we know the end of the book, right? He has overcome the world. He made a way. He gave us a solution through him to be able to go forward. So it's important for us to know this, that we will go through trouble. And I know it's not something new I say to you because we know that uh, we've, all of us in some ways and capacity, we went through stuff and, and we're still doing, going through stuff. So it's important for us to take a hold of the truth that we go through hardship and, and we will go continue to go through hardship. So it's important for us to, to gear ourselves in that regard. Was a few years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he had rel- relatives from Hawaii that were coming to Canada. And, and the lady was saying, you know, I don't want to come to Canada in winter. I'm afraid to die. I thought it was so funny, right? You're afraid to die. Like, I'm afraid of sharks in Hawaii, right? But how many of you would like to go to Hawaii for a month? Yeah, for sure. I'll, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But she was afraid to come to Canada in the winter because she was afraid to die. She thought that, hey, if you, uh, you, you take the car and you drive from here to Winkler, well, you may die. What happens if your car breaks down? You die. Like, I've never thought about that, eh? Because I'm used to winter. I just live through it, right? We, we, we sometimes stand in the cold when you talk to someone. But yeah, you navigate through it, right? Because it's part of life. So certainly when it comes to trials, as Canadian, we have to realize that they're part of life. And there's a purpose of, in them. And it's like, it's, that's what life is all about. There's going to be a day where we'll have no tears. Woohoo! No pain. No sickness. Hallelujah. But meanwhile, we got to go through a lot of stuff. I, I'm not saying that God is not able to deliver. I'm not, able, I'm not saying that God is not able to heal sovereignly because God is the same, never changed. He, he walked, in the, he walked um, 2,000 years ago. He did signs and wonders, and he's still walking through the church. So God is definitely at work. But at the same time, we need to realize that there's going to be hardship and there's going to be challenges in life. And, and we need to embrace that. You, you, you look at resistance. There's always resistance in life. When I was uh, on holidays, I, I bought a few magazines to read, and I was reading a, mar- a magazine on, on cycling, and it focused on Manitoba, how to cycle in Manitoba. And the, and the thought was, you need to get acquainted to the wind. You need to befriend the wind if you're going to. So if you're going to go cycling and, and you're not expecting to have wind, you, it's not going to work. You know, they, they was telling you, I was reading the story of this guy that went cycling, he had the wind in the face, and he push, 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 and when he turned around to come back, the wind changed. <laughs> I remember going west a few years ago. I was just going on Highway 3. I was just going west, west. I had a bit of wind in the face. I'm saying, I'm going to beat my record. I'm just going to come back. The wind will be in my back. I go, 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 go. I arrive at uh, the place to go to the Bible camp there. So I arrive there, and then, and then I, I, I turn around, and the wind changed. And then I remember I arrive at my house. My tongue was on the floor. <laughs> I, I laid on my floor. I was totally shy. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> the reality is there's wind. There's always, there's resistance. There's resistance in marriage. There's resistance in family. There's resistance in business and employee and co-workers. There's resistance in church. There's resistance all the time. What am I going to do when there's resistance? So important to know how I behave when I face the wind. Because the wind will be there. Sometimes it's stronger than other times. Sometimes I have it in the back. One time I had the wind in the back. I thought I was a superhero. I was going so fast. 
wow, I thought that in the period of a month now as a professional I could do the Tour de France, you know? <laughs> but when I turned, huh, I realized why I had the win in the back. The reality is we're facing a position. There's challenges, there's resistance, there's gravity. Like, as much as I want to jump high, there's gravity. And in my Christian life, too, there's gravity. So how do I behave? How, how do I deal with gravity? You look at the image of Jesus. We have a snapshot of Jesus in Isaiah 53, verse 3. He says, he was despised and rejected. It's not good, right? He was despised and rejected. How many of you, you like to be despised and rejected? No, none of us. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows. He was a man of sorrows. We know that he was, a victor- he, he was victorious. We know that he was filled with power, right? We know that he walked in peace, that he f- was filled with joy. But he was a man of sorrows. Acquainted with deepest grief. Wow. Acquainted with deepest grief. We turn our backs on him and look the other way. He was despised and we did not care. But he still did what he was called to do. You get this? He still did what he was called to do, even though he was despised, even though he was rejected, even though he went through sorrow, and he's called a man of grief. But he did what he was called to do, and if, we wouldn't, if he didn't go through it, we would not be here today. Look at the challenges that you face. Look at the challenges this community faced. Look at our nation. Look at Ukraine. Look at what's happening in our world. What are we going to do? What, are gonna, what am I going to do? I need to realize that God has a way and God has a plan. And I need to, to do what I'm called to do. Otherwise, I will miss this great work that God has in store for me and for you. Listen, God has a plan for me and you. The thing is, I don't want to throw the towel. I don't want to quit before, before, before what God has in store, before I step in what God, or step in in what God has in store. Look at the book of Revelation. John is talking to the church, and we know the theme of the book of Revelation is Jesus is victorious. That's the theme, right? The theme of the book of Revelation is not the beast, it's Jesus. It's Jesus that reigns, and it's Jesus that comes establishing the kingdom of the Father. But it says in verse 9, it says, I, Jesus, uh, sorry, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient of endurance to which Jesus called us. I was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, island of Patmos, for preaching the, the word of God and for the testimony about Jesus. History or tradition will say, not history, tradition will say that he was boiled in, 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 in oil, and, uh, and then, uh, so imagine how white he must have been. He was boiled in oil, and then he was shipped to Patmos. But the thought is, here John approach, he approaches the church, and he, says, and he says, I'm your brother and partner in suffering and in God's kingdom. I want kingdom things, right? I want to see people be restored. I want to see the work of God progress. I want to see people be healed. I want to see the banner of the Lord be planted in new communities. We want to see the progression of God's kingdom. And that is so exciting, right? We want to move forward. It's so awesome to see God do tremendous work, to see God answer prayers, to see God lead us, to see God opening doors. It's so fantastic. But there's also here companions in suffering, 
You see, I could focus all the time on the kingdom and I would be off because there's suffering and patient endurance. Wow. So he's saying to the church, yeah, there's kingdom. The kingdom of God is moving forward, but there's going to be suffering. And there's going to be, there's going to be a need for patient endurance. You know, patient endurance, how many of you, you love that? Patient endurance, patient endurance, where you trust God, where you do what you're called to do, where you stay focused, you get anchored in him. The storm, you're anchored in him, ah, but you're anchored in him, right? So you find John, John saying that to the church. We, we, we find Luke in, in the book of Acts talking about the apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 14, verse 21 says, After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, and Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that they must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, meaning that they will have hardship before they see Jesus face to face. So he's preparing them, reminding them that it's going to be a rough go. So Jesus never said it was going to be easy. But am I ready to face the hard goes? When you get married, there's going to be rough goes. When you're raising your kids, there's going to be rough goes. When you're going to be part of a church, there's going to be some rough goes. When you're involved in a business or in life or whoever you, wherever you work, there's going to be what? Hard goes. So what am I going to do? Am I going to quit? How will I respond, right? So Luke is talking about Paul and Barnabas preparing the church, reminding them that they must suffer. Look at what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fear trials you're going through. Don't be surprised. They were going through persecution. Don't be surprised. Hey, come on. They did it to Jesus. They're going to do it too. You, as if someone strange was happening to you. Oh, why is this happening? It's part of life. It's part of life. Challenges, trials, hardship, they're part of life. I need to see them. Look what he says in verse 13. Like, that's how we should respond. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. You die. Like, I, I remember talking about the fact that Jesus never called us to pick, us our, pick up our crown, but to, but, to pick us to, but to pick up our cross. You pick up our cross, and when you pick up your cross, it's to do what? It's to die. It's to surrender, right? So here he says, instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when he's revealed to all the world, meaning that you do what you're called to do, and one day you will see the blessing, and you'll see him face to face. Every trial can make me or break me, right? Every trial, every situation can make me and break me. You can, you can go through a trial in your marriage, it can break you or it can make you. So, so what you want to do is you want to take, and I'll talk a, a moment on that, you want to take a hold of what God has to say. Every situation, it's like a, a, a coin. There's one side of the coin where the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and the other side of the coin is that God wants to change you. All the time. 
And I've got to discern what God is up to. I've got to discern, like when I was talking to this guy in Europe, they were saying, we're praying right now to discern what God wants to do. We discern what we should do next. What is our call? So they're going before God and asking direction. God, we don't know exactly how to behave. We don't know what's next. But we want to hear what you have to say. So what I'd like to express this morning is how do I deal with trials? Well, my first point, I just mentioned it just briefly, is I've got to turn to God. I've got to turn to God. I've got to listen to God. I've got to hear him say what I need to do. Like I said, life is not as easy, but it's amazing when you hear what God has to say, right? When you hear what God wants you to do, it's amazing. It doesn't matter what you go through. I'll be able to talk about that in the future. Because in the last two years, it was a rough go. And I have to say that I had some tremendous encounters by God. I had an encounter with God this Wednesday morning. I was with John Friesen, one of our, uh, the executive pastor in GMC. We were praying together and we had an encounter with God. It was unreal. I realized when you go through rough times, God shows up if you turn to him. It's amazing what God can do. It's unreal. I've got so much stuff written down of how God revealed and God showed up even though it was difficult. You, you look at all this and you say, oh God, I don't want to go through this again, but at the same time, I don't want to miss out on what you did in my heart and my life through it. And it's so important to realize that when we go through hardship, we got to turn to God. And when we turn to God, God reveals himself. It's, I've got to say, I've got this phrase, it's unreal. It's unreal. Secondly, I need to let him transform me and renew me when we go through hardship. God, what are you up to? What do you want to do? It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us. <laughs> I don't like that, right? They help us. They help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. Meaning that we see God as our solution in verse 5, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So whatever I go through, I know I'm loved by God. I know that I'm cared by him. So I know that he has things that he wants to change in my life. I'm not afraid of that because I know he loves me. My self-worth is not based on the fact that I'm perfect. My self-worth is, is found in the fact that God loves me and I have issues. You know, we're, are we able to talk about issues? Like, imagine, I, I'm not for roasts, right? <laughs> when you roast someone, it's not good. But am I open for someone to speak truth in my life? Like, am I, am I willing to know, the, to hear the truth? Am I willing to hear what I don't want to hear? And it's important for us to hear what God wants to talk to us when we go through hardship because God wants to speak to us. God wants to, to lead us. Now, I, I look at Amos chapter 4, verse 6. Sorry for the God on the PowerPoint because I jumped that verse. But I want to share this verse at this moment. It says, I brought hunger in every city, famine to every town, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. You look at the book of uh, Amos, the whole chapter 4, it's about God permitting stuff to happen, letting things happen so that they would return to God. And they didn't. And they experienced God's judgment. They didn't turn to God. And this is where, in the trial, what God wants to do, he wants to change me and shape me in the inside. 
And, and, and so I want to be open to that. But it's not with condemnation. Listen, it's not because God wants to change things in your life that you are not a son or a daughter anymore. Hebrew chapter 12 talks about that, that God disciplined those he loves. So your self-worth is not based on the fact that everything is fine in your life. My self-worth is found in the fact that I'm loved by God. So I'm open for him to bring stuff in my life that is not from him. I'm okay with it because my security is not based on that. My security is not based on the image and what is portrayed or what is projected. My self-worth is, is found in God, so I'm willing and open for his correction. I don't see it as he doesn't love me anymore. I see it, yeah, you love me, God. And that's what Hebrews 12 talks about. So we want to see that. Thirdly, why do I want to see, uh, what do I want to grow? What am I called to respond when it comes to trials and hardship? I, I need to grow beyond my feelings and my wants, not to be driven by my emotions. I, I, I've got a text I, I want to read to you. I could, have make a mess, I could have made a message only on this. I think it's so powerful. It, it, it's, it's do what's right, what's honorable. and It, it talks about forgiveness. It's found in Luke chapter 17, verse 3. Listen to this. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, so watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. So far, so good, right? So good. Verse 4, it says, but if he sins again against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I, repay, I, re, I repent, forgive him. That's a little harder, right? Seven times? Come on. And what Jesus is giving kind of an extreme situation just to show the call of the disciples to forgive. And then the apostle says to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> you know, increase our faith, we can't do it. And Jesus, Jesus responds in verse 6. If you, had, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and will obey you. What he's saying here to his disciples is, you don't need more faith. A little seed like this, of, if you have a little bit of faith, this is what happens to the tree. The focus is in this, sometimes people look at, they will make a sermon out of verse 6, but they don't look at verse 3, 4, and so on. What Jesus is saying is that it's not a question of faith. It's a question of obedience. Don't ask for more faith. Just do it. That's what he's saying. I was looking for a, 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 a just do it logo, like for my, but I couldn't find one. Just, to, just do it, right? Look what it says in verse 7. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing and, and looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in front of the, uh, when he comes from the, the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. What Jesus is saying here is that just do it when it comes to forgiveness. It's not a question of feeling. It's not a question. No. And I'm not saying here, listen to this. I'm not saying that if you're in an abusive situation, verbally, physically, that you just go on with the program. You go for help. Did you hear this? You go for help. But even if you go for help, you still got to forgive. It's not optional. 
And what Jesus is saying here is that you have to forgive. It's your duty. It's your calling. It's not optional. Wow. So you can say, God, give me more faith. And Jesus is going to say, forgive. You look at what we went through in the last two years. People are polarized, left, right, and all that. You got hurt and all that, and there's upset. Oh, they did this, they did that. You know what you got to do? Yes. Forgive. Well, well, well. Forgive. Well, you don't understand. It says it. Forgive. It's, it's our duty. We all get hurt. We all get offended. It's not going to go our way. So what do we do? It's our call to forgive. If you're, a, listen, if you're called a son of God, if you're called a daughter of God, you have to forgive. That's what makes us unique as believers. Because we follow the example of Jesus on the cross when he did nothing wrong, nailed on a, on a wood, and he said, forgive this, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. Did you know that most people don't know what they're doing? Did you know that we don't know, I don't know what I'm doing in many occasions? <laughs> so we forgive. It's amazing when you learn to store, know the story and go through the details and comes, ah. But we judge, we come to conclusion, pow, and we seal the deal. Here it says, forgive. And, it, and what Jesus is saying in, in modern words, just do it. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Hate <laughs> your enemy. But I say, this is where it rocks, right? But I say, love your enemies. <laughs> love your enemies. It's not good. Who's your enemy? Look at the things you went through. Look at the words. Look at what was done to you. It says, love your enemies. Wow. Pray for those who persecute you. Like, pray for those. Is you bless them. You bless them. Oh, heaven. You want them to be blessed more than you. Ouch, right? Pray for those who persecute you, persecute you. Why? In this way, listen, so powerful. In this way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. The proof that you are Father of heaven is that you forgive. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Because this is how Father treats, treats us. There's no preference. There's no better. And we do this, eh? We say, oh, this happens to this person. I need to die. And we're, we're good to judge. But here it says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. He treats everybody the same. So we're not just called to love the people that love us. We're called to love everyone the same. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do the same thing. Do, do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, mature, completed, grown up, even as your father is heaven is perfect, that is mature, complete, and grown up. So that's your calling. 
So we're called not to live our lives by our emotions. And we're not called to live life with, with carrying hurts and, and wanting to find justice. We're called to let go and forgive. And life is way better, way more beautiful when forgiveness is in the house. Have you noticed that? When you have strives into, you, you, for those that are married, when you slept on the couch one night, it's not a good feeling, right? Have you ever slept on the couch? I have. It's not a good feeling to sleep on the couch. I don't like to sleep on the couch. Like, you don't sleep. Because <laughs> couch is not comfortable. <laughs> but also because inside there's a turmoil. Oh, just eats you in the inside, right? So you don't want to live this way. So you want to do the, the, the step. You want to forgive. You want to let go. So when we go through hardship, we got to forgive. So, so important. Number four, uh, time is flying by. Grow in perseverance. Never give up. Focus on the prize. Do all you can. And Paul shares that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are pressed on every side, but side by troubles. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Look what he says. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Wow. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Look what he says in verse 10. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our body. We're being transformed in his likeness. Wow. I don't like trials. I don't like hardship, but it makes me more like him. You see? It makes me more like him. How do I deal with trials? Number five, it's to know that it will influence others. I need to remember this. Look at what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 says. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Take your grip with tired hands, it's not easy. Taking your grip with uh, a fresh hand, it's different. But what, what the author here, what Hebrews says, so take a new grip, you take a new grip with your tired hands and you strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Because you're not alone in the race. I'm tired, I want to lose grip. My knees are shaking, but I won't let go because others need me. And, and my family need me, needs me, my church need me, needs me. The Lord is calling me, so I'm not letting go. Is it easy? No, but I'm still not letting go. I'm waiting upon him. And God is my deliverance. God will make a way. Even though my fingers want to let go, I'm not letting go. Even if my knees are bending, I'm not letting go. And that's what he was saying, because I'm thinking about others. I'm thinking about others. I'm thinking about my kids. The moment I think about my kids, the moment I start to think about others, my hands become stronger. The more I think about the, the, the consequence of, and, and the testimony, then my knees starts to, 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 to get stronger. It's so important. Because when I think only about myself, then I lose. I don't care. Right? But when I lose the grip and I bend my knees, it's affecting, it's, it has a domino effect on other people. Especially to the one that are very close to you. My kids are watching me. They're watching my integrity. They're watching, me, my, watching my godliness. And I want to be a source of, yes, we can do it. Yes, we can do it. And the, way, the reason why you can say that is, is when you see beyond 
what is going on. So I need to know that whatever I do influences others. And my last point, it's to believe that I can do this in him. I can do this. Can you say that to your neighbor? I can do this. I can do this. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conqueror through him who loves us. Wow. I'm more than a conqueror because he loves me. I can do this. It's not on my own, but I can do this in him. My last verse, one of the most tremendous verse for me in, in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. That's not a good place. Well, what happened? But as a result, listen, as a result of this, as a result of being crushed, overwhelmed, not having the ability to endure, as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. Change happened and learned. Can you see that to, to, to your neighbor? I can learn. Learn. It's not natural for me. It's not natural for you. You learn. You learn to rely, keyword, only on God. You know why? Because he's able to raise the dead. Amen. You have a hope that he's able to do the impossible. It's only him that can change. It's only him that can change the climate. It's only him that can intervene. It's only him that can make a difference. So what happened is that you are crushed, overwhelmed, beyond your ability to endure, and, and you want to give up. But what happened is that you turn to God, you stop relying on yourself, and you learn to rely on him that is able to raise the dead. Unreal. Come on. want to see that in my life, right? I want to see that in my life where I rely only on him that is able to raise the dead, but I go through suffering. I go through heartache and difficult time. It shows me that I can't. Shows me that I can't. How many times you said that in the last two years? I can't. I said that more than my turn. I can't. I just can't. It's too hard. It's too hard. You're with your family and you say it's, it's too hard. You're at work and your business, it's too hard. But he's with you. Maybe too hard is to bring you to a place where you truly, fully trust in him. Right? And that's not a bad thing because you're trusting in the one that can raise people from the dead. So he believed that even though he might die, that God could raise him from the dead. Amazing, right? So we serve an amazing, beautiful God. And he wants us to bloom in every season. I just want to encourage you as we move forward. That we will let God just do what he wants to do in our lives. That we would come to him with open hands and say, God, fulfill do, do, do whatever you want. Strip what needs to be stripped and build what needs to be built because I want to step in what you have in store. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.